Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Tuesday, June 1st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Repertory Theater of St. Louis is mounting its first show with an in-person audience since the start of the pandemic. On its surface, Malima's tale is about elephant poaching, but it goes deeper. After Ahmaud Arbery, after George Floyd, after Breonna Taylor and countless others, it very clearly points us towards our treatment of each other. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports on a play about the toll black market ivory sales takes on animals. The Missouri Department of Labor says it is pausing efforts to recoup millions of dollars from people who mistakenly received unemployment benefits. Some worry that could change after state lawmakers failed to pass a measure to forgive the money. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports. About two months ago, Missouri Department of Labor Director Anna Hugh agreed to stop sending letters to people demanding they pay back unemployment benefits. A bipartisan group of state representatives struck a deal with Hugh to hold off until their legislation to forgive the money made it to the governor's desk. But that didn't happen. Now, Jim Guest worries his clients will again face bills of thousands of dollars. He's the director of the Volunteer Lawyers Program at the nonprofit Legal Services of Eastern Missouri. This narrative that clients are sitting on their couches collecting all these benefits and living the fat life just is not accurate. I mean, people have used these benefits to survive. The Labor Department and the governor's office say they're discussing options. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Lawmakers in Illinois have missed a deadline to wrap up the spring legislative session. Legislators did approve a $42 billion state budget and a plan to move next year's primary to June before yesterday's midnight deadline. WBEZ reports they also approved a measure to toughen lobbying laws. The Senate is planning to reconvene in Springfield this morning. The schedule in the House is not clear. Tax dollars from recreational marijuana in Illinois are starting to flow to some of the state's minority communities in the form of grants. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports one of those grants gives about $830,000 to enhance youth services in East St. Louis. Six organizations in the city applied for the funding with the help of United Way. Catholic Urban Programs is one of them and will expand the curriculum for K-8 students at its partner organization, the Griffin Center After School Program. Henrietta Young is the center's director and says the funds help them purchase new equipment and hire new staff. So now we're looking for an educational advocate who will go into the schools, speak with the teachers, and then... Uh, see why our kids are not doing well in certain subject areas. Young says the grant also lets them more seriously consider opening up another location in East St. Louis. The Griffin Center currently serves about 350 students, mainly from six public housing developments in the city. In East St. Louis, I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Department of Conservation is expanding its monitoring zone to try and contain chronic wasting disease among deer. The Conservation Commission voted to reinstate mandatory CWD checks for all deer taken the first weekend of the November firearms season. Jasmine Batten with the Department of Conservation says keeping infected deer where they are will help stop the spread. And one of the ways the disease can spread is in the back of a hunter's truck. If they harvest a a CWD positive deer, you know, travel across the state and dispose of it on their own property. 
The commission also voted to add Pulaski, Laclede, McDonald, and Camden counties to the now 34-county CWD management zone. Chronic wasting disease is a deadly neurological disease in deer, elk, and moose. The Repertory Theater of St. Louis has returned to in-person performances. The play Malima's Tale examines illegal elephant poaching and the demand for black market ivory. Director Sharifa Ali was born in Kenya and raised in South Africa. She says the 2018 play by Lynn Nottage is particularly powerful now. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin asks Ali why she's telling the story. It is an intense story and it is a necessary story to tell because, yes, Mlima's tale is about the ivory trade. Yes, it is about a haunting uh, by the spirit of elephants. And beyond that, it is a story about our human greed, our love of excess, our exotification of the other. And because we're human beings telling this story, it it very clearly points us towards our treatment of each other as humans. And so while the play is about elephants, coming back into the rehearsal room after a year without theater, after Ahmaud Arbery, after George Floyd, after Breonna Taylor and countless others, the play takes on a, a deeper significance. And I think the key to the whole thing is the audience's buying into the personification of, of the spirit of the elephant, right? We're seeing an actor portray the afterlife spirit of an elephant that has been killed for its tusks. Could you talk a little bit about the theatricality of that and just making that work on stage? We are using dance and movement. Kervin Dahit Boyd, our incredible movement director, has done an amazing job of what, helping us envision a transformation of a physical human into an elephant and then into a spirit of an elephant and finally the elephant's tusks that get traded and carved. The play is written for there to be four actors who are portraying how many, how many characters do you know offhand? Oh goodness I think over 16 perhaps. And the stage directions also specify that there should be a breathless feel to the action and to not have a blackout until the very end of the piece. Uh, sounds like a ton of business happening. Just how is it going in terms of making that work? It sounds like it could get chaotic. We symbolize the change of char one character to another with the simple shifting of one item of clothing. Props are, you know, minim minimal, like what is absolutely essential. And of course, because the performers are really gifted singers and movers as well, they embody a great deal of, uh, of what it means to sort of like transition from place to place, country to country. There is something significant and powerful about what the body can do uh, when given an opportunity to move through story. And you are a native of Kenya, where a good chunk of this play takes place. You talked in the past about experiences as a child hearing stories from elders. Uh, did that play into the fact that you're a professional storyteller now? Wow. You know, I, I never made the connection, but I suppose that learning and hearing from the elders in my community certainly planted a seed of what sort of like storytelling could be. And um, I, I often think about uh, 
time spent, you know, at the fire or under the tree with my grandparents or my aunts and uncles as the some of the most significant memories that I have. And yes, yes, I would say that I would, I'm a theater maker, I'm a filmmaker, a storyteller now because I was an attentive listener to their stories. A theme in this story is really the awareness of, of ancestors, right? And the idea that they're watching us. I think that, you know, um, this past year has been rocked with so much struggle and we, we've lost so many people uh, and we are, you know, as a society, we're in a period of collective grieving and collective mourning. And when I think about um, ancestors, especially ancestors that may have gone too soon, that were taken uh, and, and, and people that have passed on, and the significance of this play that is literally a haunting by an ancestral elephant. Uh, I can't help but get emotional. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin speaking with Sharifa Ali, director of Malima's Tale at The Rep. It plays through July 11th. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, St. Louis Public Radio is looking into racially restrictive covenants and deeds in the St. Louis region. In the early to mid-1900s, white homeowners and realtors commonly used these tools to keep black people out of certain neighborhoods. If you live in an old home, your records might have clues that could help inform our reporting. Real estate documents might include restrictions on who can own and live in your home. More information on how to share those documents and your stories is on our website, stlpr.org slash housing discrimination. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.